Welcome to Bite at a Time Books, where we read you your favorite classics one bite at a time. My name is Brie Carlisle, and I love to read and wanted to share my passion with listeners like you. If you want to know what's coming next and vote on upcoming books, sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com. You'll also find our new t-shirts in the shop, including podcast shirts and quote shirts from your favorite classic novels. Be sure to follow my show on your favorite podcast platform so you get all the new episodes. You can find most of our links in the show notes. But also our website, biteatatimebooks.com, includes all of the links for our show, including to our Patreon to support the show, and YouTube, where we have special behind-the-narration of the episodes. We're part of the Bite at a Time Books Productions Network. If you'd also like to hear what inspired your favorite classic authors to write their novels— and what was going on in the world at the time, check out the Bite at a Time books behind the story podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Please note, while we try to keep the text as close to the original as possible, some words have been changed to honor the marginalized communities who've identified the words as harmful and to stay in alignment with Bite at a Time books brand values. Today we'll be continuing The Adventures of Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain. Chapter 27 The adventure of the day mightily tormented Tom's dreams that night. Four times he had his hands on that rich treasure, and four times it wasted to nothingness in his fingers as sleep forsook him and wakefulness brought back the hard reality of his misfortune. As he lay in the early morning recalling the incidents of his great adventure, he noticed that they seemed curiously subdued and far away, somewhat as if they had happened in another world, or in a time long gone by. And it occurred to him that the great adventure itself must be a dream. There was one very strong argument in favor of this idea, namely that the quality of coin he had seen was too vast to be real. He had never seen as much as $50 in one mass before, and he was like all boys of his age and station in life in that he imagined that all references to hundreds and thousands were mere fanciful forms of speech, and that no such sums really existed in the world. He never had supposed for a moment that so large a sum as $100 was to be found in actual money in anyone's possession. If his notions of hidden treasure had been analyzed, they would have been found to consist of a handful of real dimes and a bushel of vague, splendid, ungraspable dollars. But the incidents of his adventure grew sensibly sharper and clearer under the attrition of thinking them over, and so he presently found himself leaning to the impression that the thing might not have been a dream after all. This uncertainty must be swept away. He would snatch a hurried breakfast and go and find Huck, Huck was sitting on the gunwale of a flatboat, listlessly dangling his feet in the water and looking very melancholy. Tom concluded to let Huck lead up to the subject. If he did not do it, then the adventure would be proved to have been only a dream. Hello, Huck. Hello yourself. Silence for a minute. Tom, if we'd a left the blame tools at the dead tree, we'd a got the money. Oh, ain't it awful? Taint a dream, then. Taint a dream. Somehow I most wish it was. Dogged if I don't talk. What ain't a dream? Oh, that thing yesterday. I've been half thinking it was. Dream. If them stairs hadn't broke down, you'd have seen how much dream it was. I've had dreams enough all night. 
with that patch-eyed devil going for me all through him. Rod him. No, not rod him. Find him. Track the money. Tom will never find him. A feller don't have only one chance for such a pile. And that one's lost. I'd feel mighty shaky if I was to see him anyway. Well, so'd I, but I'd like to see him anyway and track him out to his number two. Number two. Yes, that's it. I've been thinking about that, but I can't make nothing out of it. What do you reckon it is? I don't know, it's too deep. Say, Huck, maybe it's the number of a house. Goody. No, Tom, that ain't it. If it is, it ain't in this one-horse town. They ain't no numbers here. Well, that's so. Let me think a minute. Here, it's the number of a room. In a tavern, you know. Oh, that's the trick. They ain't only two taverns. We can find out quick. You stay here, Huck, till I come. Tom was off at once. He did not care to have Huck's company in public places. He was gone half an hour. He found that in the best tavern, no, two had long been occupied by a young lawyer and was still so occupied. In the less ostentatious house, number two is a mystery. The tavern keeper's young son said it was kept locked all the time, and he never saw anybody going into it or come out of it except at night. He did not know any particular reason for this state of things. Had had some little curiosity, but it was rather feeble. Had made the most of the mystery by entertaining himself with the idea that that room was haunted. Had noticed that there was a light in there the night before. That's what I found out, Huck. I reckon that's the very number two we're after. I reckon it is, Tom. Now what you going to do? Let me think. Tom thought a long time. Then he said... I'll tell you, the back door of that number two is the door that comes out into that little close alley behind the tavern and the old rattle trap of a brick store. Now you get hold of all the door keys you can find, and I'll nip all of Auntie's, and the first dark night we'll go there and try them. And mind you, keep a lookout for Joe, because he said he was going to drop into town and spy around once more for a chance to get his revenge. If you see him, you just follow him, and if you don't go to that number two, that ain't the place." Morty, I don't want to follow him by myself. Why, it'll be night, sure. He mightn't ever see you. And if he did, maybe he'd never think anything. Well, if it's pretty dark, I reckon I'll track him. I don't know. I don't know. I'll try. You bet I'll follow him if it's dark, Huck. Why, he might have found out he couldn't get his revenge and be going right after that money. It's so, Tom, it's so. I'll follow him. I will by jingoes. Now you're talking. Don't you ever weaken, Huck, and I won't. Thank you for joining Bite at a Time Books today, while we read a bite of one of your favorite classics. Again, my name is Brie Carlisle, and I hope you come back tomorrow for the next bite of The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com and check out the shop you can check out the show notes or our website, biteatatimebooks.com, for the rest of the links for our show. We'd love to hear from you on social media as well.
Tom.